want to check some more? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to Idol Chat. I am Jonathan Idol, a.k.a. Johnny Idol. Thank you so much for listening. And Bessie is across the table on the other microphone. Remember when people used to pay with checks at stores? Yeah, I do. And you'd have to like, <laughs> they'd put them in and they'd print up and then they'd print back. Yeah. Wow. The weird curve thing that's in the register. Yeah. That little, I remember uh, learning uh, to do that when I worked at Godiva and it was so intimidating. Was it? Yeah, Why for some reason, the stakes were higher. I remember when I first start, got into uh, picture framing and we would take credit cards. It was literally the thing with the carbon paper and that <gasps> yes, chunk, chunk. Wow. Yeah, I had to do all that. Yeah, I had to do all that. Wow, isn't that amazing that at some point those were cutting edge pieces yeah. of technology yeah. Yeah. and they're so obsolete and at this point mail it in. And you that mail nobody it. Yeah. would even know where to start yeah. if they saw one of those things? I would have no idea now. I remember my yeah. grandfather teaching me how to do it, but I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't remember now. There's a whole population that doesn't even know what that is. <laughs> I know, right? It's awesome. Like I like those videos on YouTube you find and it's like yeah. uh, like young people trying to trying to use a rotary phone. Right. <laughs> right. We were talking about that the other day. We were cuz yeah, we were watching a video and I'm like that's a telephone. I was like, "Wow." Yeah, Did you... you have to leave the window open all the time or just when you were expecting the pigeon to come back? <laughs> the pony. Did you have to feed the Pony Express? Yeah. The, the express delivery was the fast pony. Regular delivery was the Can slow you pony. That? that was the express at one point in time. A pony. Literally <laughs> a horse. <laughs> you know, that was, yeah. the, that was the express mail. That is yeah. the heritage of the mailman. It's Unreal. amazing. Unreal. Well, this is, uh, I don't know, I'm like, I'm nervous about today. You should be. <clears throat> no, I really am. I'm nervous about it. I'm, I just like, it's I It's as did. scary as trying to process a check. Maybe worse. Oh. Yeah. Because it takes longer. Right. Mm. Right. But Got I have it. this uh, fun thing. I kind of stumbled upon a story of an album. Oh. Okay. An anal bum cover? Yes. <laughs> 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 and I just then I just thought of a couple of stories that we could kind of tell. Um, I find them interesting. Uh, one is about this this album that came out in 1976, and the other one is about this really weird album that came out in 1969, I believe. And it's it's going to be pretty interesting. So I'm really excited. I, think so. I'm, okay. I feel honored that you've prepared this to sit across from me and. And tell me a story. You feel honored that I finally did some work for our podcast? You do a lot of work for this podcast. <laughs> and you know it. We'll go with that. All right. Compliment fishing. Okay. All right. So you you must have heard the whole thing about Paul McCartney supposedly dying. No, never. <sighs> Don't do that to me. I'm supposed to be your captive audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But can... I've heard of it. Okay. Well, for those but of you. I, if I'm acting as the podcast audience. But you're not. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be one of those episodes guys uh so I'll just i'm excited ready. to hear what you have to offer okay about great this well thing. in 1966 a rumor ran around oh, wow a rumor went around that paul mccartney stormed out of a recording session at like at you know at like 5 a.m and mm -hmm. got in a car accident and got decapitated and got killed and they replaced him with a guy named billy shears a guy who had won a Paul McCartney lookalike contest. Mm. That was the rumor. Yeah. Now, there are conflicting reports whether this guy Billy Shears actually ever existed. I believe he did not. But anyway. Do we, do we know 
it's pretty interesting that his name was Billy Shears and he was decapitated. <laughs> this is true. There's another little <laughs> right, another hint. tidbit. So, well, it's in it's in <laughs> it's in the song. It's in the song uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It says, you know, let me introduce to you the one and only Billy Shears. And, oh. you know, they say that it just rhymed, but whatever. But there, there's like... It just rhymed seems too convenient. Exactly. But like in A Day in the Life, uh, he says he blew his mind out in a car. And there's a recorded phrase, Paul is dead, miss him, mm. miss him, that becomes evident only when the song is played backwards. Oh. Okay. And then, but... Again, it's kind of mumbled and you know, you can't. Right, it, right. That's so the conspiracy here is that Paul died, but the band was on a roll and they didn't want to lose traction. Yeah. So they just replaced him and made it a seamless well, transition. And, well, and then that they were just filled with so much grief and right. feeling, feeling responsible for him storming that off That little and bits dying. and pieces of evidence so they, showed up. So they started showing the, put, putting right, these things right. in the albums. Okay? And that only the true fans really know that Paul is dead and this isn't Paul. Right. That's the conspiracy. Well, and then apparently like in... Uh, Just to spell it out for you guys. Yeah, and then they showed if up. If you haven't heard of this. Apparently reporters showed up at Paul McCartney's farm. Yes. And just like showed up on his property, started taking pictures. And he went out there and apparently got like some unflattering photos. And, mm, got, you know, and he, and he kind of said, fine, I'll give you an interview right now, but you have to give me the film and whatever and kind of talk to them. But but like in, uh, in Strawberry Fields Forever. Nice bartering. I know, right? At it's the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, there's a, uh, you hear Lennon mumble, I buried Paul. But then there's you can listen to it. It could say I'm I married Paul. No, I'm very poor. But then mm. he, but then Lennon claimed he was saying cranberry sauce. So whatever one of those makes mm. the most sense to you. And then, like if you, look I at, buried cranberry sauce with Paul. He was trying to build a, grow a tree, right, to produce cranberry sauce. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, I think with it, Paul, I think he did it with Paul. What it I buried. Yeah. Okay. I and buried it, it, cranberry sauce. And they took out the part which says uh, cranberry <laughs> sauce with Paul. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and the Abbey Road cover when they're all walking across the street, like they're all mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. Like I think that's a lot of people's introduction to that conspiracy right. theory. Right. And like, like, like they're walking across the street. Paul has no shoes on. Yeah, And he's out of step with the rest of the band. Yeah. And yeah. he's holding a cigarette in his right hand instead of his left hand. And then hand. the license plate in the picture. The license plate says, it's a Volkswagen. The license plate, it could be mistaken to say 28 if. In other words, Paul would, would be 28 at that point uh, if he didn't Paul. get his head cut off. All right. You know? Right, right, right. And then the Sgt. Pepper cover, there's a bunch of like, yeah. like icons around them, uh, including... Jane Mansfield, who supposedly lost her her head in a car accident, there's this really morbid photo that went around. Everybody claiming it was Jane Mansfield's head on the hood of the mm. car, but it was actually just her wig. But still, she died in the car accident. You know, and the the whole oh, wow. the, the whole band is like at an angle facing Paul, who's looking straight at you on the on the Sgt. Pepper album cover. And there's a inside. There's a photo of. Paul, he's wearing a patch on his arm. On the inside cover of this album? Yeah, Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah, okay. sorry. Or the back cover. I can't remember which, regardless. Um, he's wearing a patch on his sleeve that says OPD, which is which is officially pronounced dead, which is the British mm. version of, of DOA. But turns out like it was actually a patch that read OPP. You down with it? Yeah. But it but it stands for the Ontario Provincial Police. I've seen photos. Mm. I've seen photos. And mind you, all sure. these, 
all these things, you know, if, if you're looking for them. Right. Of course. You know, and of like, course. but then they're showing like different photo shots where they're not standing like that. Paul at one, one picture, Paul was the only one that had like a black flower on his, on his jacket. Yeah. So now do I think that it's convenient hindsight interpretation? Right. Yeah. So if you, and if you look at, there's a, there's a, a guitar in flowers, hyacinths on the Sgt. Pepper's album cover. There's a, if you look at it, it could spell out Paul. Yeah. If you look, you know, if you, really stretch if you look at another way it could just be a p and it's left-handed and paul was the only one in the band who played left-handed you know ringo was left-handed but he played righty very strange but that's a whole other story you know things you know (laughs) so it's all kinds of stuff like oh i love those things yeah i i mean there's something really fascinating about conspiracy theories yeah they're so much fun there's something in the human brain that ignites when you hear about these like oh but it could be this and they don't want you to know it it's like this. ooh, it's it's like uh, a big bowl of ice cream you get to <laughs> delve in yeah so but you know there there's a differentiation between finding that so exciting and, and enthralling to learn about versus really accepting and believing this stuff and thinking that everybody's got a plot against society Right. Now now I've seen other photos from the photo shoot. They've only they only because they were in traffic and yeah. they just walked across and got a picture when they could. Yeah. Imagine that the Beatles didn't stop traffic. You know, they just walked across. And there were times where Paul had sandals on and other ones he didn't and he just took his shoes off. And apparently the license plate really read two eight one F instead of twenty eight F. But I mean, mm. so what I think happened, honestly. What I think happened is they caught wind that there was this thing going around and they just kind of they just kind of put stuff in there. Yeah. You know, they they put yeah. they put things sure. in, you know. There's another Why thing wouldn't that, you use that to your benefit? There's another thing. Oh, and and that and the thing with the flower, the guitar, uh the strings are made out of sticks. There's only three strings instead of four for mm. the bass. I said mm. there's only three Beatles. There's another thing where if you connect these dots next to where it says Beatles, it could say three. Yeah. So three Beatles, only right. three, you know. So do I think that they kind of caught on and said, you know, maybe, but anyway. Maybe. We, or people just started looking into things and other people got you know, started adopting them all together. Right. I mean there's you can hear so things funny. like church bells and and, yeah. and things like that. And there's like a there's a model car in one of the album covers and the interior is like blood red and and, and yeah. I don't know, just stuff like that. Yeah. Regardless. Anyway. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that today. <laughs> <laughs> that just we just listened to um or watched a YouTube video about this theory right and it was amazing because they had all of these photos outtakes um different famous photos that we all have seen before but these were like you know the the one that we have seen is the 10th one out of 40 photos right and they had examples of all those other photos that could have been the one yeah, chosen. everybody else had a brass instrument he's holding the black right and there was and one just, thing yeah. that there was like a hand over his head a bunch a bunch a, t- a bunch, a bunch of, of hands photos over, his, hand head, over his head which and is that's like, supposed to interpret like the hand of death but yeah. then there are all these other takes of that same photo shoot where the hands are above somebody else's head right or he, you know he's right. sitting down it just or, happened they're like yeah. oh look that hand does that mean something and, if, and, yeah. and he, it makes you wonder that if they had chosen a different photo what in that different photo would they have interpreted well i mean as, 19 in 1967 or whatever it was they, yeah. they you know probably pretty easy for them just to google it and find out yeah. what all these things are. <laughs> i mean it, it was pretty awesome because i've never seen that compilation before so that was cool yeah. and that spurred 
interest in putting together this podcast that we're about to talk about. Right. <laughs> now, flash forward to Look at us pulling the rug out of their out from under their feet. Right. <laughs> flash forward 1976. Yes. All right. And Capitol Records, who by the way had released a bunch of the Beatles albums in the US, Capitol Records, okay? Released an album by a band called Klaatu. Spell K- it. K-L-A-A-T-U. Oh, Klaatu. I love that. The name of the album was 347 Eastern, E-S-T, which stands for 347 Eastern Standard Time. We find that out. Anyway, regardless, it was a well-received album. Critics liked it, but then just kind of drifted off into obscurity, like another one of those albums that... Almost made it. And, right. then, yeah. and now there was a guy named Steve Smith. He was a writer for the Pro- the Providence Journal in Providence. Steve Smith. Yeah. If that's not a fake name, I don't know what is. Went to school with Steve Smith. Psst, didn't everybody. That's what I mean. Right, 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 right. The same he was st- also John Doe. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Steve Smith, he worked for this newspaper in Providence, Rhode Island, and there was like an album bin mm-hmm. where pretty much at the paper, they, they were sent in f- for reviews and then they were just kind of there for people to kind of take home if they want them. So the album caught his eye, and he took it home, and he listened to it, and and uh, he, he liked the album, but he says, "Geez, this kind of this kind of sounds a bit like the Beatles, Beatles esque, very Beatles esque, right? Very, very Beatles esque. Yeah, who wrote these songs? And everything was you know written by Klaatu, produced by Klaatu. No names, no nothing. It was just the name of the band and the name of the album." That's mm. it. And the tracks. Suspicious. You know? Right. So we started, li- and there's a sun rising on the cover. Well, okay. So that could be taken as here comes a sun or the right. sun king because there was a smile, of a face on the sun. You know, and you go, oh boy, I wonder what's. So why don't we just be the judge here? I'm going to play a clip from a couple of their songs. Okay. Okay. And you can hear how it sounds like the psychedelic later Beatles stuff. You can okay. kind of hear it. Okay. Okay. This is a song called Dr. Marvello. I know. You see what I mean? Like it has that the beginning with that clearly yeah. backwards sounding, and yeah. then they have the strings and what sounds like a sitar. And it kind of sounds like Lennon, right? Singing, and it has that really psychedelic kind of feel to it. It does. It's really cool, right? It definitely gets a lot of influence from the Beatles. Oh, without a doubt. Maybe it is the Beatles. The thing is, the Beatles have so many different variations of style. Right. They evolve. You know, their evolution pattern is everywhere. Oh, and by the way, they did that in like seven years. Yes. Which is crazy. So, I mean, you could take any style, throw in a British accent and be like, this was when the Beatles went through this phase and be like, oh, okay. But you could hear how that could have been a progression of them. Let's right. just go and do Absolutely. this album and just kind of not worry about, Absolutely. You know, just do our thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I guess th- what I'm saying is you could do that with probably any album 
and just be like, oh, this was back in this era or this era. Oh, or sure. This, they were trying this out. So I'm going to play you another song off of this album that I think you'll be able to hear a lot of Beatles influence in it. Okay. It's called Calling Occupants of Great. Interplanetary Craft. Okay. Capacities, you know, to telepath messages through the vast unknown. Please close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think. Interplanetary craft Calling occupants Of interplanetary Most extraordinary craft So can you can you hear the Beatles influence in that one? I can definitely hear the influence, but it doesn't sound like the Beatles. It does. Well, I don't think the vocals sound like, but I but you right. can hear that with the with the it's it's it key, certainly sounds like the influence. It's keyboards, but it sounds like horns. And yeah, kind of with the yeah. It just it, it does sound like they should have been famous. <laughs> right, I know. Right, <laughs> and then so here's another one. It's called Sub Rosa Subway. There's a reason why I'm playing these three songs. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll get to it, okay? But there's another one called Sub Rosa Subway that I think you'll be able to hear. You're playing three songs because there are three Beatles? Yeah. Hello? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. All right. Just give this a quick listen. Cool. Just beneath the great white way Alfred Beach works secretly Risking all to write a dream Okay, yeah. thoughts that on that is definitely the most Beatles like it of the really three. is, right? The bass yeah. run in the Very in the beginning the simple um but effective drumming. It, well when it, the drums come in, it sounds yep. like Ringo plays yep. Ringo played weird. You know, a lot of right. a lot of it wasn't just a straight beat. He would just kind of do accents and things. And he was It was like a reduced sauce. Yeah. It's you, not about quantity. Yes, thank yeah. you. I mean he sound the guy sings like McCartney or whatever. Yeah, yep. Yeah. For sure. I I think so at least. Well Kalatu. <laughs> you see now what happened was Steve Steve Smith he wrote this article all right yeah yeah Steve Smith wrote it sure <laughs> yeah 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 maybe the Beatles came up with this conspiracy to further the Beatles 
Wow. Maybe. Now, hold on now. Hold That's, on. That is playing the game right there. So this guy wrote an article called Could Klaatu Be Beatles? All right, mm-hmm, and he mentioned mm-hmm. he mentioned those three songs sounding very Beatlesque, okay? And because of this, the album Psh. shot those three songs got a fair amount of airplay. Sweet. All right, good and, for them. And they started looking into it. Like Klaatu, here's where it gets weird. <laughs> Klaatu is the name of an alien, looked kind of like a robot. I don't know the the dynamic, but it's a 1951 movie called The Day the Earth Stood Still. Okay. Two years before this album came out, Ringo Starr released a solo album called Goodnight Vienna with the cover being a direct reference to like it, it's almost there's like this shot of like somebody with a hand raise and this big alien robot there and they're like on a spaceship and in the Ringo Starr album he's standing there with his hand raised with this big old thing on a you know so yeah. so people are saying okay well there's that there's the you connection know? Yeah. right we found right. it right so they reached out as well okay yeah. so this, this guy reached out and he, he got a hold of like their manager uh, they're sort of they're sort of manager, yeah. <laughs> and and he just said, "Oh, they're just trying to they're just trying to keep quiet, you know." They're a, and the record label called them a mystery band. Mm. They called you know the yeah like the mystery airheads. Well, no, like Magical Mystery Tour, the oh. Beatles. Keep try to keep up. All right, so. <laughs> All this stuff comes up, mystery band, and the thing is, you know, the record label realized we're onto something here. We're yeah. about to make some money. Yeah. Okay, because because now, Good. <laughs> right? Well, they also said, oh, there's hints all over that album. Backwards, you have to play the album backwards, and you yes. hear this, and there's there's even Morse code on there, but they didn't, but a lot of non-answers. So it's only made people think more yes, into it. Just be as vague as possible. Yeah. <laughs> well, the album shoots to number thirty-two on the charts. Okay, like it's wow. a hit. Like it's a hit. These guys out of nowhere, they have a hit album. All right, and they literally said they're just three guys. You know, they're, they're oh no, they didn't say they're three guys. They said they're just guys who want to be known for their music. Yeah, and people are like, it's the Beatles. It's yeah. got to be the Beatles. Yeah, they don't want people to know it's us. They just want to record an album. They don't want this. They're, 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 they're it's the Beatles. Then they find out that. Klaatu is recording their second album in London with the London Symphony Orchestra, clearly the Beatles. And these guys are... Without a doubt. Without anybody seeing them, they're superstars. It's clearly the Beatles and they're, and they're you know... Well, then... Oh, they should have stayed in hiding. Well, they really... Okay, mind you, they didn't really do anything. Mm. Okay. Turns out, guys, it's not the Beatles. No. Surprise, surprise. I know, what right? A shock. Yeah, but it was the Beatles, and then the Beatles got stand-ins so that people would think it wasn't the Beatles. Well, I'll I'll t- well, what happened was the Washington radio station, <laughs> the program director from the Washington radio station, WWDC, looked into the album copyright and saw that it was just these three Canadian guys who literally wanted to wor- wanted to know what the world thought mm. of their music. They just wanted to kind of put it out and, there and just put it out there. As a, yeah, and as as you would assume, the backlash was severe. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the record company got abused. They got 
abused for thinking that it was like this whole intentional thing. Well, these guys are just like, what are they going to do? Say, no, please don't buy our album. Yeah, right, right. It's a weird thing. It's a weird place to be in. The thing is, they were huge. The big, the thing is, they're obviously huge Beatles fans. Yeah. Okay. They say, let's just release an album. We just want to be Klaatu. We don't want to put our names on it. Nothing. Let's just release release this album and see what people think of it. And then people thought they were the Beatles. Right. (laughs) So that has to be some kind of a success, right? Totally. Yeah. It's just really sad that I'm going to try to articulate this. Beatles fans were so devote to the Beatles that it wasn't even about the music that they liked. Once they found out that Klaatu wasn't the Beatles, they were like, nope, done, yeah, they- dropped them. It wasn't like, oh, well, it's not the Beatles, but they sound very similar and... You know, it piques the it, my yeah, music interest. Yeah. And so then, of course, every I, they were still together up until very recently. I guess they they release a bunch of albums. Of course, every album sold less than the one before, and everything sure. like that. And I mean, I oh, watched, they had their moment. That's cool. A lot of people don't get that. Moment. I mean, I watched an interview with the the drummer, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of them over the last. He's an odd fella. He's this very, very odd fellow, but at the same time, he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, we made a mistake there, but at the same time, people thought we were the Beatles. We got that. Yeah. You know? So, so that's, that's kind of cool. And then the Carpenters, you're familiar with the Carpenters, right? They released their own version of Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft. They recorded their own version. So they go from, we've only just begun. To doing that. To doing this. Capacities, you know, to telepath messages through the vast unknown. Please close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think upon the recitation we're about to say. of interplanetary craft Calling occupants of interplanetary most extraordinary craft That is great. How, so there's that. And there yeah, it is. That voice of hers. Yeah, wow. She had a beautiful voice. She was great. Anyway, that's the story of Klaatu. Klaatu. How weird. Just from some guy just Picking an album out yeah. of a bin and yeah. then and then just and just saying, "Hey, this is the Beatles." You know, there's some there's some hipster out there being like, "I I far prefer Klaatu over the Beatles." <laughs> of course, yeah, 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 yeah. He um apparently apparently three forty seven EST was the time that something happened mm. in the movie like that like the the alien died. landed or the alien. That's first. when Paul McCartney died. I think that's what the yes. yeah. Anyway, there you go. That's the story of Klaatu. I wonder how Paul feels about his death. Well, did you ever see? <laughs> did you ever see the thing on the the Chris Farley show? What? No. On Saturday Night Live, no. Mm-mm. His whole thing was like he'd be nervous interviewing somebody really famous, and he had stupid, stupid. Oh like yes, yeah. yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay, he did one. He's like, remember, remember, he's talking to Paul McCartney, and he's like, remember, remember when, when, when they uh, said you were dead. I was like, yes. <laughs> so. 
what was all that about, you know? Or something like that. And he's like, well, I'm not dead. You know? <laughs> sure <laughs> I, mean, I am, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine he's probably tired of talking about it, you know, but regardless. But hey, how exciting of a life for Billy Shears. I, I, I don't think there is a Billy Shears. It, they literally said that it just rhymed. Well, it, clearly there's a Billy Shears or else we wouldn't have had anything else from the Beatles after Paul McCartney died. Oh, yeah. You make a solid point. All right. Very good. Good thing he had no family or friends that missed him or tried to find him. <laughs> or tried to exploit him or told anybody that they knew him. It's a good thing. He was a loner. <laughs> I love how like like they got all this they got all this by yeah. you know, Linda McCartney. Yeah. You know, yeah. his kids. Nobody everything. said a word. <laughs> not a single said, word. Not a word. Except yeah. for those small little bits of the cranberry sauce thing. Yeah. <laughs> they, they let that leak through, but that was it. That was it. <laughs> all right. Now here we are. It's mid nineteen sixties in Fremont, New Hampshire. All right. All right. A guy named Austin, Wig- oh, Fremont, New Hampshire, friends in New Hampshire. Hi, how are you? And you have to let us know if you know any of these people. Well, this guy, he's no longer with us, but Austin Wigan Jr. from Fremont, New Hampshire. His mom was a palm reader. Hey. All right. And the mom said, you are going to marry a strawberry blonde girl. You're going- so we're moving on to story number two. Oh, yeah. To make it clear. Oh, yeah. To make it clear. We're We've moving wrapped on. up the little fun package of Klaatu. Well, I said that's the story of Klaatu. Okay. I'm just helping us transition. Oh, yeah. We're transitioning. Sorry, guys. Tra- we're pivoting. Can you tell I'm nervous? I'm really nervous about this episode. Oh, I don't know why. Should not be. Anyway, his mom was a palm reader, and she said, you're going to marry a strawberry blonde girl. After I die, you're going to have two sons and some daughters, and the daughters are going to become a popular music group. Mm. All right. Well, it's a really specific fortune. Yeah. He marries a strawberry blonde girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, did he go looking for a strawberry blonde girl? Right. I know. How much of this is suggestion? Yeah. Yeah. Influence? Like, like, I wonder if he had any like really great, like brunette girlfriends. Yeah. That were great. And he just dumped them because mom said he has what to marry What would he have a- done if he found out the strawberry blonde was a dye job? <laughs> Well, I'm saying maybe he mar- what if he married like a strawberry blonde shithead because yeah, this was mom said. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, the daughters were going to become yes. a popular music group. Well, the sure. amazing thing is this uh, sequential nature of the children. And then it happened. Yeah. He married a strawberry blonde girl. They had two sons and then some girls. And he said, well, the other two things came true. So the third thing must get be true, too. So in 1967, he took them out of school, gave them cheap instruments Right. And they formed a band. Their day was homeschooling, practice their instruments that they're not getting lessons, really. They're just kind of learning how Doing to play. Yeah. yeah. And and then calisthenics. They would just do All exercise. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. And pretty well rounded day. Yeah, he named the band the Shags. S-H-A-G-G-S, the Shags. The double G is key. The double G is key, yeah. I'll tell you a funny story about that. For girl, uh, girl. If, if I wrestled on a show. <laughs> In yeah yeah yeah, I wrestled on a show in White River Junction, Vermont, mm-hmm. and Marshall was was with me, and he loves this story. And then there was this guy there who had trained a bit, and he showed up, and you know, he was probably then he was probably my age now, ah. just starting. You know what I mean? And just like, and the ring announcer says, uh, "What a shame." <laughs> yeah right. No <laughs> no no. It was oh, yeah, oh, that's a shame. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> the ring announcer says, "Okay, what's your name?" And he says, uh, "Blackjack Gun." 
That's with two ends. Like the ring announcer needs to know that it has two ends. Anyway, you pronounce it slightly different. Gun. Gun. Yeah. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In 1968, the Shags had their first gig Uh at a talent show. And, uh, well, they were booed and things were throwing, people were throwing things at them and stuff, and they were booed just terribly. It's horrible because they, well, we're going to get to that. The songs, it's okay. In 1969 in Revere, Mass., the father bought them some studio time. The engineer said, "Yeah, they're not ready for this. They're right. not ready." Right. And the dad says, "No, we gotta, we gotta get them while they're hot, right? We gotta get it while you know." Yeah, get in there. Get in there while it's hot. Well, here's an example of their music. This is a song. The, the lead guitarist and lead singer her name was Dot, and this is an ode to her. <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. This is an ode to her missing and twice amputated cat, and his name is Foot Foot. Now think about this. <laughs> He's missing two legs, so Foot Foot. There's two feet, so yeah. Foot Foot. I'm assuming that's off of their album. He has two left. Yeah. Off of their album, Philosophy of the World. And here we go. My Pal Foot Foot by the Shags. It's right. It sounds like band practice. It doesn't sound like band practice. To me, what it sounds like. It sounds like before band practice when everybody's just like doing a bunch of random stuff and nobody is united yet. Or it sounds (laughs) like three people took acid. Okay. And right when it kicked in, they handed them headphones all playing different songs and handed them instruments and said, play what you hear. And that's what it seems like to me. And look at just to show that this isn't a fluke, I'm going to play you a little more. Great. This is a track called Who Are Parents? Okay. Just go and do things their own way. Who are parents? Parents are the ones who really care. Who are parents? Parents are the 
That is a joy. Another gem. And listen, that I'm is not, absolute creative freedom. 100%. Yeah, that's what I'm going to get at in a second. <laughs> and just to show, and again, here's another song that makes me dizzy. This one, it's called "It's Halloween." Ooh. <laughs> Why even Dracula will be there? It's time for games, it's time for fun, not for this one, but for everyone. The Dracula Okay. Okay, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, okay. Here's the thing. That is wild. I'm not, it's really sad. I think what what they went through was really sad because they were, look, they started playing monthly dances. Yeah. At the town hall, and people would either go to dance or to pummel them with objects, and oh. they didn't want to do this. This was something that their father said. It's a prophecy. Just go and play. And they, were, how sad is that? To you know, force something into existence. Right. So there are some people out there that think that it's just a joke. Yeah. It's not though. Here's what I'm trying to say. It is genuine. These people were legitimately going in in a situation that they... They had no training. They had no training. They were in a situation they didn't want to be in. Right. And off they went and they recorded this weird album. Okay? Now listen to this. What if he lived his life and all these things came true that this would have been a prophecy, but the prophecy was never said? So he just lived his regular life, married the woman, had the boys, had the girls. The girls grew up, took an interest in music, had a genuine passion, and became famous. Okay. Right? The prophecy never would have been spoken, and it could have just played out. But instead, he he was forcibly making this happen. Maybe these girls could have been something huge, and by knowing that they were going to be huge, he actually impeded what was supposed to happen to them. <laughs> maybe. You're you know pro- what I may- mean? You're probably right. Maybe, right? Man, well, knowing the future, it's it, it's dangerous. <laughs> I think the moral of the story here is don't have your fortune told. Don't have your fortune told. Don't have your palms read. Right. <laughs> well, all right. Well, in the mid-70s, uh, WBCN in Boston started playing the album. Yeah. So it got like this weird underground... So. Yeah. So there is following. a payoff for these kids. Okay. There yeah. is a payoff. They all of a sudden it got like this weird underground cult following. Frank Zappa loves the album, or he loved when he was alive. Frank Zappa loved the album. He said they were better than the Beatles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kurt Cobain uh described described it as their fifth as his fifth favorite album <laughs> right wow. in the world. And he and um yeah. Yeah, I, I, so it turned out that it happened but imagine right. if he just like softened his attack and just let it unfold naturally yeah i wonder well he would have married a brunette maybe <laughs> or maybe all this stuff would have happened anyway maybe hmm, maybe the maybe the true moral of the story is that if you do know this information still just let life 
be life. Right. You know? Right, right. I hear you. That makes or sense. Or maybe they would have been successful plumbers. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. We don't know. <laughs> I'm just looking here. Okay, so Blender Magazine has it on the list of 100 greatest indie rock albums ever made. Wow. <laughs> Rolling Stone has it on... Uh, the list of the 50 greatest one album wonders of all time. Wow. That, right. And they're kind of known as as the godmothers of outsider music. Okay. We're going to get into what outsider music is, but here's here, here's the thing really quick. Dot, the lead singer, mm-hmm. Dot now has a band and she, they, like, I want to say some musicians probably f- tracked her down. Okay, because these are like, music major people like theory and everything like that they literally charted out yeah the i don't even know how to do it the shag songs they charted out so there are people playing those songs yeah to music charts they're looking at wow music sheets to get the timing that they to get had the timing and here is man that's devotion. Here is the Dot Wigan band playing foot foot. dedication wow. that's true dedication i mean even the the guitar is slightly out of tune yeah. and the just i how i don't even know how they can go and play their own tempo yeah separate from what the drummer is doing i i can't wrap my brain around it yeah i don't i don't yeah. even know so these same people they recorded an album with her it came out a few years ago the album it's so it's the dot wigan band and the album is called ready get go and this is this is a song on the album, the first song on the album called it's called Banana Bike. She gets on her banana bike and pedals all around. She gets on her banana bike and travels through the town. There's just no stopping her, this is for sure. She gets on her banana bike and pedals more and more. She meets up with her Hey, banana bikes got something. <laughs> it's right. It's another kind of thing. I, I don't know. See, people. I hope people don't think that I am. I'm not picking on this because no. I mentioned before that they're known as the godmothers of outsider music. What sure. is outsider music? Outsider music is people who just they play what they play. Yeah. It's it. It's authentic. It's real. Yeah. Uh, there is. It's it's unintentionally weird. Right. Like they really, they're putting out, putting something out there that is just them. It's 
true creativity. I think that's what it is. I think yeah. that's why people really like it. And there's this whole, there's this lack of self-awareness with the whole thing, you know? And sure. they're, they're just kind of like, here we are. We're just going. Just We're doing it. it out there. And it's so genuine. It yeah. just, you know, I like there's there's a whole thing. There, this whole under, under, underground, outsider music thing, it's usually like lo-fi, just self-recording and out it goes. You know, like there's a lady named BJ Snowden in Canada. She mm-hmm. was a music teacher. Snowden in Canada. Yeah, right, right. And like she had a song that she put out there named In Canada. And there's other songs about Canadian provinces. And then she also has one uh, that she wrote for uh, former Red Sox pitcher Daisuke Matsuzaka. Mm-hmm. Look at him pitch, he is so rich He's the new super pitcher of the Red Sox At times he pitches the ball high Look like he's in pride He's Daisuke Matsuzaka Look at him pitch, he is so rich He's the new super pitcher of the Red Sox At times he pitches the ball high Look at him pitch That is the best <laughs> He is so rich, I love it And and the, what's it's great, so baseball. Yeah, I know. And there's like, I love did, that. How it goes. That's I love it. That. You know, just and not worried about the mix. Not no. worried about and just put it out. And this is this is what I want to sing about. Yeah, I there's like a that. there's a guy. And I'm trying to remember how to pronounce it. Ilair Pillarm, E I L E R T Pillarm, P I L A R M, and he is the Swedish Elvis. Okay. <laughs> he, he looks and sounds nothing like Elvis. He just goes and does this thing out there and sings these songs. And check this out. Put Colonel in front. I can walk out. Because I you too much, baby. Why can't you see what you're doing to me when you don't believe a word I'm saying? We can't go on together with this business mind, and we can't build a dream on this business mind. Isn't that great? Swedish accent makes everything better. It really, right? Yes. (laughs) I know. I know. It's great. That is great. And there's another guy. I don't have anything for him on here, but his name is R. Stevie Moore, and he's been doing it for like 50 years. Wow. Just recording and releasing stuff on his own for for decades, which is great. And But the one that really got me is, there are two that really hit me hard, and that's kind of what we're getting at. There was a man, he died in, I think, 03, I believe. Might have been after that, but his name was Wesley Willis. Mm-hmm. And he, like, by the way, these people draw crowds, some of them at least, right? And this guy gigged all over the place. He was schizophrenic and he released a ton of music. I mean, just 
whatever was in his mind that day, they all kind of followed the same format and he would go and just record it and release it. Like, yeah. like this song, Rock and Roll McDonald's. McDonald's is a place to rock. It is a restaurant where they buy food to eat. It is a good place to listen to the music. People flock here to get down to the rock music. Rock and roll McDonald's! Rock and roll McDonald's! Rock and roll McDonald's! Rock and roll McDonald's! McDonald's will make you fat. They serve Big Macs. They serve quarter pounders. And this one called... How is that not on a McDonald's commercial? I don't know. I don't know. He, he was on Howard Stern one time. And that this, should an be, interview, and he, he was on like should a, be their commercial. He was on like a minor record label. He was on like an independent label. Isn't this what music is for? Yes. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's what it is. It's like, a creative outlet. Like this one, Vampire Bat. upon a time a man was attacked by a vampire bird he was sucked to death the vampire bird killed him at last vampire bad vampire bad vampire bad vampire bad vampire bad That is a side-scrolling 80s video game. It is. Yeah. It is. He did all this on his keyboard, just like recorded it himself. And, and, <laughs> I love it. I mean, and it's great. Again, I'm, I'm sure there... I watched a quick interview with Henry Rollins talking about him and just saying, this is as real as it gets. Yeah. Like, I'm sure like a, people, a lot of people will go out and expect to like laugh at this guy or whatever, but he, would, but he was respected because... It's real. There's yeah, nothing he's artificial just being about an artist. Yeah, nothing yeah. artificial about what that guy is doing. Yeah. And I and I think that's a beautiful thing. He would greet his very loyal fan base by going up and they would like touch each other's shoulders and then they would touch foreheads. That's how he would greet his fans. Wow. Like he was apparently this really sweet guy. He was an artist. He would draw like landscapes and stuff and and wow. sell his uh, sell his So interesting. Yeah, sell his drawings whatever. Now this these is are, these are original artists. They're yeah. forging a new path or their own path. Yeah. Yeah. That's just it. And I think that's that's what the whole thing about outsider music is. It's just like yeah, you it's just pretty interesting. Be you. Yeah. Don't worry about production. Don't worry about don't worry about it. Don't even si- really worry about making it. No, just play. Just, just do, do it. Do it. Just, just play. And well, now this is the one that really got me. I have been obsessed with this person's songwriting for days now. Before yeah. he died in, 2000- I can vouch for that. Yeah, it's true. True <laughs> he- story. He died in 2019. His name was Daniel Johnston, and same thing. He he was he was schizophrenic, manic, depressive, and just would just record these songs on a tape deck that's how it started in the Mm -hmm. 80s now he wouldn't worry if he was singing on key the songs were almost like i don't want to say childlike in nature but he sang with this very high really strange voice and where if he sang on key he didn't care if his he played his guitar like it was a cheese grater he would be 
pummeling this nylon string guitar, which, mm-hmm. you know, certainly aren't made to be beat like that, you know, and but he would write he had this muse. Lori was his muse. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, friend zoned. You know, he he was in art school with her. He, he was an artist and whatever. And he she just he just started in the eighties, started writing songs. You know, and she was in a lot of them, you know, just her her mm-hmm. her influence in a bunch mm-hmm. of them. You would go to the McDonald's and and I think it was Houston. I'm not sure. And he was working there and you would leave and there'd be a little tape in your bag. Cute. He would just drop a tape in the bag and and boom. Next thing you know, he starts. But to be fair, I don't want a tape in with my fries. I hear you. Yeah. OK, I hear you. Like, don't put your hand in my bag with right, the fries. Right, are. Right. How about this? Just hand it to me. Here, take this. Yeah, Listen yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's fine. <laughs> okay. But this went on for a while. He really kind of, this is his 19, this song has been covered by bands like Wilco and the Flaming Lips. And, and it is it is a beautifully structured song and it's simplicity. And it just goes to show that like, if you can strip a song down mm, to right. nothing right. except a guitar or a piano and, and a vocal That's and you it. still have something. This song is so beautiful and it's clearly about Lori, you know, his, his sure. muse Lori. And it's called True Love Will Find You in the End. <laughs> Love will find you in the end. You'll find out just who was your friend. Don't be sad, I know you will. But don't give up until true love find you in the end this is a promise with a catch it's great i there's something about it man yeah. i mean guitars out of tune it's and sweet just, i and mean simple and pure it's honest yeah it is it it's is emotion it's as in, genuine in music, as yeah. it gets this guy was I mean, he and and you can see how before he died, he was like he couldn't play guitar anymore and whatever, and he was still dumping every note. He meant every single note that he forced out, and it it, it I just I think it's about the most genuine thing I've heard in a very long time. It's yeah, very cool, it's really and he sweet. yeah he now there's a he has a song called Devil Town. He had a song called. Devil yes, Town. But now there's I'm a our, our friend Andy Sauer introduced us to the song Devil Town. It's sung by a guy named Tony Luca, and it is, but it's from the TV show Friday Night Lights. So, and he became he kind of took off when uh, Kurt Cobain started wearing a shirt with his cover art from his album. I believe it's a 1980. It was early 80s to mid 80s album, Hi, How Are You? And people started saying, gee, what's that shirt? And next mm. thing you know, he started taking off the record, you know, got all kinds cool. of recognition. Yeah. And I'm just, I think it's just a beautiful thing. I'm going to end today's show. Should we play Devil Town? I mean, play a clip of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to play a clip of Devil Town. I think we'll, yeah, why not? Play it everything else. 
I was living in a devil town Didn't know it was a devil town Oh Lord, it really brings me down About the devil town And all my friends were vampires Didn't know they were vampires Turns out I was a vampire myself In the devil town I was living in Just no music, just him singing this mm. weird thing. It reminds me of the Decemberists a little bit. I'm not familiar. It's a band. Well, I figured, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, like so when I was doing <laughs> the research for this the other day and I saw that he wrote that song, I I texted Andy. That's awesome. I I texted him like about that song Devil Town. Yeah, well. Yeah, cool. so so anyway, I I just wanted to kind of I just I, I just wanted to tell the story of Klaatu, yeah. and then when I got, saw the Shags, I just saw kind of shine a light on a different and this whole area different genre music, that yeah. I, the genre that I wasn't even remotely yeah. familiar with, and I well, think it's really cool. Well, I think cool. there's so much focus on being refined and and complete and shiny and Perfect polished, and, yeah. When really there's something about that raw and roughness yeah. that is so human, it evokes a different part of emotion that guy you can't get from something shiny and polished that guy meant every single note he sang yeah and everything and you can hear it yeah yeah in his there's crackly pain voice in that yeah. guy's voice there's pain that's emotional what you sound pain. like when you're in pain yeah that that's the you sound of sound emotional refined. pain you right. don't sound you don't sound like you can flawlessly go in and out of different ranges you sound crackly and heartfelt yeah yeah that's real in his first like major label release was on Atlantic Records in 1994. The album was called Fun, and it was produced by this guy named Paul Leary, who played in a band called the Butthole Surfers. Which yeah. <laughs> I'm not really that familiar with them, but I know I've them heard. a little bit. He, I mean, the album didn't do well, and he was released two years after he signed. He was sure. supposed to be signed onto another label, but he found out that uh, Metallica was on the same label and he believed them to be devil worshipers mm. and they were out to get him. Mm. So he wouldn't, and then even though it, was, it would have been very lucrative, very lucrative for him, <laughs> yeah. And then he thought that his manager maybe was a devil worshiper too and fired him. Poor guy. The guy was really, really tortured. But well, he stood up for what he believed in. Released all this really, really awesome stuff. But anyway, on that he album. He didn't sell out. Huh? He didn't sell out. He did not sell out. You're right. <laughs> On that album, there's a song called Life in Vain. I heard it somewhere before, and I cannot figure out where I heard it, but I am going to close. Instead of our usual outro today, I am going to play that song for our outro. So oh, I if, like that. If you guys would stick. There are other versions of him playing it with other people, and it's really, really cool, but I'm going to play the raw original version. There are there are some strings in it and stuff because it was like a major label release, you know? Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna, I think it's really, really cool, so I think you guys cool. will dig it. So anything else, Bess? I feel like there's something special about true art. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of uh, like a Zen garden where you rake this thing until it's perfect and beautiful and complete and then you erase it. Yeah. And what it, it doesn't change how special it was that it's 
erased and you're starting fresh. And the goal isn't to recreate it again. It's just to have had that and appreciated that for what it was and then move on to the next thing. So for me, there's it's it's kind of a fun challenge for those people that went back and tried to plot out all of the uh, foot foot song. That's unbelievable. But at the same time, it's like it kind of was meant to be appreciated as something that was like clumsily thrown together by these kids. Like that's kind of where the beauty is. Well, let me add this though. At least they didn't... I was concerned that they would have cleaned it up. Sure. You know, okay, let's tune sure. the guitar and figure out what they're trying to play. Sure. This is what they're trying to do. Okay. Yeah. No, they didn't do that. They just, right. They just... Did it exact. It. They just did it yeah. and just kind of go. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. To try to like skillfully recreate an unskilled thing. Yeah. It's I, interesting. It's a fun challenge. But at the same time, it's like part of part of why it's great is because it was just thrown together. Right. So let it just be thrown together. Yeah. You know? It's I don't know. I don't. Interesting. Really interesting. It makes you think a lot about art in general. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. So so here's what I'm saying, guys. You got that guitar in your corner that you've always wanted to pick up. Yeah. Well, then pick it up. Man. We're all creators. Don't worry about. We all have it in us. Yeah. Just go and create. Everybody has something in their, in their mind that they want. Just You know what? Just right. go do it. And don't worry about being. Don't worry about being good enough. What is it? What is it? Uh-huh. Let sing. And whatever. I'm going to cut that out. Anyway, just. Do your thing, man. I I love it. Yeah, we have one concept. Embrace your unique self. And yeah, why be normal? All Embrace the your inner that weird. We look at as cool and great and and uh, impressive. Once were original ideas too. Yeah. So but, no, don't guy, be afraid of original ideas. That guy toured the world. Yeah. He would play like weird places. And he but truly he would... was doing what he loved. Yeah. What he was passionate about. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. We have one constant on this podcast, and we call it. The final three. Pew, 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 pew. Check, check. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> These are the final three questions of the podcast. Question number one is, have we had any good snack ventures lately? Let's talk about this. We got Bobo's Oat Bars. Yeah. Um, they're a bunch of different bars. They look like little mini loaves of like banana bread. All yeah, different they do. flavors. And they're hearty and heavy. Ooh. So this snack venture is going to take a while. It is, yeah. But we tried, so far... We tried the original, we, right? Yeah, and we loved it. Yeah. I loved at it. At first, it felt like we had a mouthful of sawdust. Oh, my but gosh. And then it just like... It, oh, yeah. It was Transformed awesome. in really, that really oaty good. little cinnamon background. Oh, okay. really nice. So I we have loved two, it. So we have two flavors here now. Yeah, so we'll do two head-to-head. Yeah. And then we'll keep going from there and let you know what the final outcome is next week. Right. First, we'll start with lemon poppy seed. Lemon poppy seed. Here we go. Mm, mm. Lemon and poppy seed right away. Right away. Really, really good. I love it. It's like the original, but with lemon and poppy seed. (laughs) Yeah. I think I prefer the original. I'll take this one all day. Yeah? Uh-huh. This is right up your alley. Lemon. Mmm. I went back for a second bite. I that is waited. so good. <laughs> yeah. I love that. 
you know when you, I was explaining this the other day, you know when you eat a bunch of wheat thins and they're dry and a bunch of like the chewed aftermath gets stuck up mm-hmm. behind your back molars. Yeah. And the sides of your cheeks. These have that. Yeah. And, but And it's, and it's better because of that for some reason. Right. These have that feeling. Yeah. They're good. Mm. I like them. Wow. That's good. Now the next one is cinnamon raisin. Cinnamon oh smells great. You stole Smell a it. you stole a raisin, so Smell I think it. I have one. Oh, that smells really good. All right, here goes. Oh man. I can get down with that. It has that brown sugar. Mm. Buttery. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That classic brown sugar, mm-hmm. butter, cinnamon, raisin, beautiful flavor profile. So good. People hate on raisins, and I don't really know why. I don't know why. They have a stigma. Yeah. They shouldn't. They're delicious. All right, so, so far out of the three that we've had, what would you give them out of 10? Nine. I I think so, too. They're really, really good. Mm, they're really good. Snackable. Mm-hmm. Bulkable. Mm-hmm. Really, this is a good, good thing, like you say, to throw in your bag before mm-hmm. you go to work. Kick ass. I like them more than the pumpkin seed bars we had last week and less than Maxine's Heavenly. Yeah. So. I like them more than the bars we had last week and less than those fig bars we, we, mm, we used to all get. Right, all right. We need some more of those. I love those. Man, those are tasty. The cinnamon raisin so far is my favorite. Original is second and then lemon poppy seed. I'm with you. Just switch to two and three for me. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Really good. Question number two, what is the last movie you saw? And without any spoilers, do you have any thoughts? You haven't seen a movie, right? I don't know. We tried to watch True Lies last week, and there's another one we couldn't look at. All the streaming services we have, we couldn't find True Freaking Lies. We oh, watched yeah. a movie. We did watch a movie. That's right. When we couldn't find True Lies, we moved on. Go ahead. We watched a American Pickle. American Pickle with Seth Is Rogen. it just American Pickle or an American Pickle? I think it's an American Pickle. Yeah, it was really dumb and really great. Like at first we were like, are really we, great. At first we were like, are we doing this? Like, it, like really, are we doing this? Well, part of the fear for me is that I won't be able to like get into the movie. Like I won't be able to accept the reality. Yeah. You know, and if it's made to be dumb, fine. But if they're going to try to explain how this happened. So basically, Seth Rogen f- falls into a vat of pickle Pickle brine in the 20s, and then 1920s. stays there for a hundred years, perfectly preserved, and then right. comes out. So like and hangs around with his great grandson. Yeah. So the transition from that to like him being in the apartment, I yeah. was so worried of how they would try to explain it. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah. Basically, he goes into this, uh, like it's like a conference room or conference something. Conference room, yeah. sitting with a panel of scientists, and he's like in a Johnny, yeah. uh, in a hospital gown. And they go, and th- then he explained th- it perfectly. Well, I think they were like, they're like, can't wait to hear him explain this. Yeah, or right. They yeah. were all like, you know, skeptical. And then they go, and and they show a bunch of these graphs that don't mean anything. Nothing. And kind of like zoom in and out. And mm-hmm. then people in the audience are like, oh, that was very clear. I fully understand. <laughs> and then they moved on with the rest <laughs> of the movie. Was, I'm like, that up. is perfect. It's perfect. And it was really fun. I really actually really liked it. My brain it. was like, yep, I'm right back in. It was a fun movie. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was fun. We laughed. It was dumb. 
I loved it. And then the other night, look, I can, here's a fact. I can, I can find a redeeming quality in just about any movie. I'll, yeah. I can enjoy almost yeah. any, almost yeah. any, but not, not all movies, but you know, if it's a, yeah. The other night I watched uh, Netflix. I watched the Adam Sandler movie Sandy Wexler. Yeah, not good, but I still mm-hmm. I, I still had fun with it. But you know, it really yeah, but, wasn't you know. But it, I, it was still. Well, sometimes you crave movies like that. I think that's what it was. I, I think I tried to watch something else. I wasn't in the mental headspace right. to have something intense. Right. Instead, I just watched this stupid movie, and it was it was. I hear you. I hear you. Pleasant. He did some again another Adam Sandler movie with him doing a stupid voice, and you know whatever. <laughs> but. I love him. I'm not. I'm not knocking him. It just. But you know how it is. Anyway, but Sandy Wexler. Question number three: Do you have a local small business you would like to plug? We have a good one today. You forgot. Mm-hmm. Osaka. Oh yeah. Yeah, in Northampton, Massachusetts. There's a Japanese restaurant called Osaka. They have great. You're sitting there. She's she's trying to sneak little bites of these bobo bars or whatever they are. Yeah, <laughs> really good. Anyway, it's like a Japanese restaurant. They have hibachi, they have sushi, and it's really, really good. Yeah, they do a great job. Yeah, I've been, I've been for their hibachi a bunch of times. I can't wait, actually, to go back to hibachi. I know, right? I didn't... You know, lockdown is pulling out all these things that I missed that I never really thought I would miss or right. think about. I think not that I not that I never loved it, but that I just never thought of it as something like I'm really gonna miss hibachi. Before quarantine and and for a while while we were recording this, it was easy for us to pull local small business yeah. out of our head because we were going to them a lot. Yeah. You know, now I know it feels slightly hypocritical to be promoting a place that we're not I don't, giving I don't our agree. business it's, it's to. A, I think it's a place that that we we've we've been too often and yes. we're looking forward yes. to going we're missing yes. going going to it so i guess i mean trying to think of other local businesses that maybe we haven't been to or don't go to often but osaka's we've gone to a lot that's been a standby for us yeah it's good stuff yeah we've yeah. been for lunch cool yeah. osaka northampton massachusetts that was a really good, good thought yeah good time cool anything else Bess? no man that does it thanks for listening enjoy the outro yeah, stick around, guys, for the out. If, well, first, if you haven't subscribed, please do, and make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Idle Chat Podcast. And stick around, Daniel Johnston, Life in Vain. See you next week, guys. be free of hope And I'm at the end of my rope It's so tough just to be alive When I feel like the living dead I'm giving it up so plain I'm living my life in vain and where am I going to? I gotta really try Try so hard to get by And where am I going to? Up or down 
any love left around Everybody wearing a frown Waiting for Santa to come to town You're giving it up so plain You're living your lives in vain And where are you going to? Bye.